It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. My name's Alan Deegan, and I've got William Davis here. We're in the Huntsman today doing the podcast, William. Good afternoon, Alan. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. You were at the press conference earlier on, um, where you spoke to um, Jimmy Duffy and Owen McKeown about what happened last weekend and, and what's coming this weekend. Yeah, the uh, I think the mood uh, was one of uh, studied disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it, it was an interesting press conference in, in many ways. Um, I think they're smarting from that defeat, and I think they're aware that they let the, themselves down as a team and the organisation. And they want to try to put it right this weekend with Glasgow coming up. So let's have a listen to what they had to say. How have the organisation reacted to uh, disappointing night last uh, Friday in Swansea? I think, look, as a group, we're all bitterly disappointed. I think, um, you know, we, we we set ourselves a pretty high standard and, and, and we feel we, we say possibly haven't, not possibly, we haven't achieved what we'd like to achieve, but uh, we're disappointed. Um, felt we prepared well and, and we were in the game pretty, pretty, for large parts of it and uh, just culmination of, kind of basic errors kind of cost us in the end, but... Um, Look, just disappointment would probably be the big one as a group. Collectively, we're, you know, we've had a, a fairly comprehensive review and we're looking at areas where we can improve, but um, just disappointed, I suppose. In the post-match press conference, uh, Kieran Keane talked about fundamentals, basic errors, and he said the team was bullied at the breakdown area. Is that, is that, is that a fair assessment? Um, I think not, when you look back at the game, I suppose after the game, it's always, you know... You, you, know, you might be disappointed with areas, so you may, you may kind of identify an area that that that's a problem for you. But when you look back at it, I don't necessarily think so. I Owen probably back it up. We went in at half time and we were in a good space, and we we felt the messages were were accurate, and um, we felt we were right in that game. And then just afterwards, a couple of silly little things that that cost us dearly. And against quality oppositions, you're going to pay the price. Um, so yeah, but, but nothing majorly wrong in in, in any major department. So. Um, just disappointment, really, across the board. Do you think the attitude was right going in with, with a game that maybe didn't have... It had something to play for, but it was maybe a bit tenuous to, to identify what that would have been? Uh, yeah, like, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't prepare for, for opposition like the Ospreys any differently. Um, you know, they have a huge amount of quality players there, like Lions captains and, and whatnot, but like the boys were in a good space, trained well that week, um, good preparation, and they were well up for the game, and I think we were in it. Um, as I say, you can't account for, you know, an error here, an error there, which does cost you against quality opposition. I think that's probably the summation of it, to be honest. Glasgow are top of the conference, uh, playing some decent rugby, although the Scarlets gave them a bit of a clout in at the weekend. Um, what's the what's the mood going into that? Is is it a is it a rescue mission? No, I don't think so. To be honest, we we don't operate like that. You can't allow yourself to become. Uh, I suppose massively emotionally attached to to any reason like a rescue mission or stuff like that. We'll just you know stick to our process and and you know do what we do on a daily basis and try and be better every time we hit the field. You know, so um, for us it's just it's it's another chance for the boys to show their wares against quality opposition. Um, you know, we're heading into the summer now and there's obviously you know international places at stake and whatnot. So um, for both teams, so it's um, you know they're in cup competition kind of phase now and and we're obviously pushing to. To finish as strongly as can, so um, just, I don't need, think you need to motivate boys to play against the Glasgow team. And 
do you expect players to come back in, like of Bundy perhaps and stuff like that? I mean, I know they were on rest periods. So. Yeah, well, everybody's going to, you know, you, you can't go through the season. It's pretty. It's a long season anyway. I think you'll play in excess of 30 games, you know, throughout the season. So you have to have to look after people as well. So um, everybody's available for the selection that's not on this injury sheet. So um, mood is good yesterday. Mood is good today. There's a lot of smiles. Um, disappointed, obviously, but we, we're, we're keen to put things right. If you had to correct one thing from Friday for next Friday, what would it be? Um, what would it be? Uh, I just think we want to express ourselves. I would say, you know, we we we've shown in games that we've 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 been very 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 strong against quality oppositions, and I think that'll be the biggest one that we express and and kind of realise our potential will be the biggest thing. You know, it's a kind of transitional period for everybody, um, but. Uh, the guys are in good space, you know. They're they're training well, and, and and in games largely we're playing pretty well. It's just maybe a little bit inconsistent at times. If more games had been won, I'm talking to maybe about the Edinburgh game uh, here or the Gloucester game. Is does that drive drive a team forward? Is is was Friday night's performance symptomatic of a team that just hasn't been winning tight games? I don't know. I don't know. You know, we were. We've been in within range of, of of a lot of teams of a score, which which shows that you're 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 competitive. Um, but I don't think we're not dwelling on that. You know, we're not looking for an angle that you know um, is is costing us necessarily. We're just looking at continuous improvement, and that's what we spoke about in the review yesterday. Was how we're going to get better. Um, so put the emphasis back on the individual, and then the individual has the collective, and that's that's where the driving factor at the moment. Oh, and for the for the players, um, a performance like. Friday night. How how do you sit there? Do you have to analyse it as individuals and as a team? Does everybody have to look to themselves, and then do you have to bring it into a team context? I think so. Like um, obviously, when we review as a team, um, like I think we know as a team, it's it, that's not where the issue lies. I think a lot of lads have to kind of look at themselves and and look at the individual errors, which which generally I think a lot of times cost us probably um, from eking out these games. So. Um, you know, as a team, I think we're we're, we're going in the right di- direction in terms of form and systems um, and and that sort of thing. But it's just it's it's probably just individual errors and lapses in concentration that's letting us down at times, which is um, which is solely down for the player and um, and and him doing his own review on or, or getting his prep right before the game um, to minimise those errors. And when that sort of situation happens, when errors are occurring, did did heads drop a bit on Friday? Did did it all get a bit? The last half hour became a bit shapeless. Um, I uh, look. I we were obviously disappointed with, with how 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 the final result went. We we went in at halftime pretty confident. Um, I I know we were down. I think we were down about ten points, but we felt pretty comfortable where we were. Um, like I think one of the scores was was off a off an intercept. So we were kind of like, look, that was a cheap score, and it's probably the same as the week before. We felt like we we just given away cheap scores, so we felt like we had control. So. I wouldn't say there was a drop of heads, and and at no point did we go into our shells and and stop playing, which is which is important as well. That's the last thing we want to do, you know. We uh, we we encourage lads playing and expressing themselves. So, um, I think it's just uh, like a, an unfortunate uh, run. Like we, I think we were down in there five meter twice, and 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 it was breakaway tries. So, um, you know, it's it's such a it's such small uh, small margins at this level that you know like one mistake can cost you seven points um, and, and we're unfortunately making too many of them Looking forward to Glasgow is I'll just ask Jimmy the same question but is, and maybe you don't think like this but as a collective unit is there a feeling right we really have to go out here and 
get this job done or at least put in a, an, an accurate 80 minute performance that we we can't afford a similar sort of result yeah oh definitely and especially with Glasgow like there it's probably one of the toughest places to go uh, and play away um, and given the pitch and everything it suits them so um, I think if anyone if anyone's off their game at all like it gets exposed pretty uh, pretty soon um, like you saw Leinster probably one of the top form teams go over there at the start of the year and get you know, get a good score putting them. So, um, we certainly won't be going over with that mentality. Um, I think towards the end, we did we were similar position last year where we went over there towards the end of the year and we we put in a really good performance. So, I think we'll be looking to do something pretty similar this year. Okay, there's some there's some interesting bits and pieces in there, William. Uh, first time I've heard us use the word transition, and this late stage of the season to hear that we're in transition, I thought was a interesting one and there was also an awful lot spoken about individual responsibility yeah it was um, I think that my initial question was regarding what uh, Kieran Kane had said immediately after the game and I suppose all sides reflect on things but there seemed to be a little suggestion that they, they weren't maybe quite all singing from the same hymn sheet as, as what Kieran had to say and I, I understand that when a side when a coach is brought in immediately after a game, he has to to make an instantaneous uh, comment on it. Sometimes I think they are far better than mm. when you go away and analyse a game and come back with, with different things because we, as uh, journalists watching it or fans watching it as well on television, that's the you make your decisions based on very instantaneous things. You don't go back and analyse it and put it up on video screens and have whiteboards and mm. break it down into 10 seconds here and 10 seconds there and I, and I think in some ways what Kieran Kane said was a very honest mm. he spoke about on Friday night uh, fundamentals yeah, uh, basic errors and he said they were that they were bullied was the word he used at at the breakdown area and I think that was the first time I'd heard fundamentals and it was the first yes. time I'd heard the word bullied really used yeah yeah because fundamentals for me is is you know it is a basic part of it it's something that Pat Lamb spoke about early in his reign and I think he realised that fundamentals were a, were a big issue and I think he he ended up bringing in. Dave Ellis as the skills coach uh, and Andre Bell then is, came in at, at the same time I think um, but certainly the skills were, were part of the fundamental skill skill base and it'll be interesting to see what Kieran Kane now decides he needs to do in order to get those fundamentals up to speed Yeah I think it's hard to take any positives uh, as a team out of uh, that game but I think Maybe a defeat like that does concentrate the mind. If you keep losing games by very narrow margins, maybe you can convince yourself that things are better than they really are. Mm -hmm. But you also have to accept that sometimes teams just have a, a complete disaster. It, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Glasgow the other night, for example, against the Scarlets was a was a very no. I know it was down at uh, Parky Scarlets, but it was a pretty grotty effort from a team who were top of a, a conference it just nothing worked for them on the night yeah um, and like so they're going to be smarting this weekend which isn't going to help us but you know let's let, let stick with Connacht for the moment and, and, and what happened at the weekend and yet you can you can also look at the you know it is tiny percentages in certain cases Connacht didn't really have anything to play for Ospreys are still looking to get an automatic qualification and they played like a team 
who had a purpose. They had a real purpose about what they were trying to do. Connacht, once things went against them, seemed to lose whatever little purpose they had. And when when it's so intangible, um, for what Connacht were playing is against what Ospreys had, and Ospreys were playing at home, and Connacht were going to ever win there once. You have all those elements to it. Um, I think that's when the fundamental skills, that's when the real base skill set should come to the fore and it all disappeared for Connacht. The amount of knock-ons and overthrows and bad positioning was, was incredible at the end of that game, the last 20 minutes especially. It was, uh, it was pretty, t- pretty tough watching. Yeah, it was. And I think today, they, were, you know, Jimmy and Owen were trying to get a bit beyond that. They were acknowledging it. Yes. And they made the point that y- you, you can't analyse these situations. Uh, you can't just keep analysing no, no. over and over again. But... Um, they also need to be aware and I think I don't know if they are aware but they need to be aware that the fan base is getting a little bit twitchy Mm. and sometimes sports teams at all levels operate in peculiar bubbles um, where they have to focus on what they have to do Mm. they have to be aware there is a a wider uh, background going on and I think when you read the message boards and you talk to fans there is a there's a frustration has been apparent for a while and I think it was interesting today that there's a discussion about transition because I think a lot of people felt that that might have been acknowledged a bit earlier and I would be mm. included in that myself Yeah, and it's maybe a little bit late in the day because the season is nearly over mm. and I'm sure they can point to things that are going a lot better uh, the one clear one that I can see is the strength and conditioning and yes. player management for injuries is mm-hmm. is way way better. And we yeah. were talking about the squad update or the injury list, as I tend to call it, yeah, yeah. Uh, a little bit later on. So they know they have a job ahead against mm. Glasgow, and I think they really do. I think there's there's only so much the coaches can actually do. I think this really is a player player led thing. Yeah, yeah. Like we we keep hearing that you know, oh, when Dave Ellis was here, he did this, he did that. But but the reality was, it was the players, and they they obviously did extra work, and they obviously did more things, and they spent more time on their skills. And and I suppose it's a question I'd have: is are the players still doing that? Are they putting the same level of effort that they put in when Dave Ellis was around? Um, and you know, they are the professionals. They're the guys being paid to play. They have this is this is their livelihood. And the reality is, they should be putting as much time as they can into simple things like basic skill sets and, and whatever way they are. I'm not questioning whether they're doing it or not, I'm just asking the question are they doing it? Because the results that we see on the field are showing that the skill levels they had two years ago are not quite the same, and yet they're an awful lot of the same players. They, I would agree with you on that, but I would also make the point that two years ago, Connacht were winning games, and I think winning breeds confidence. Uh, there's that, there's that. We did win nine of those games by less than seven points, so seven points or less. So you know, it's, it, and we've lost six this year in the same same. Yeah. And I, I, I think you can winning covers up, not not covers up, but I think it really does concentrate mm. minds, and it gives you a real drive forward because you just have a belief that you're going to overcome in a situation. You are going to find a way to win this match. Yeah, and. That's something that has probably slipped away from them. There's been a lot of tight defeats, mm. and again, you, you, you know, Kieran Kane said a couple of weeks ago. I thought it was a very interesting thing that he said. I think it was prior to the Gloucester match. He, he said, uh, or maybe been after the Gloucester match. He said, "You'd go off your head if you sat around just analysing them." Yes. But if you look at the table, 
mm-hmm. and you look at the winds and the whatever. I've come to the conclusion now that, and this is this will be more. I'll be going into a bit more of this when we're looking maybe forward to next season. But the key, the key really is winning your home games. Yes, if you can win. 10 out of we'll play 11 home games next season you win 10 of them that takes the pressure off your way Absolutely. the year we won the uh, Pro 12 Connacht were lost one uh, Pro 12 game at home they won 10 yeah. out of 11 yeah. and it's around about 14 games you need to win to mm. be competitive mm. they've won 6 this season so getting to 14 probably impossible really based on the performances but some tight games go the other way and you have 10 wins mm. so they are getting close but the danger that I saw a few weeks ago and I think last Friday night was, was key to this if you don't get over the line in those type of games it's almost like I don't know climbing Everest and you get to the, the last camp before yeah. you go for the summit mm. and some people get there and they have to turn back yeah. I think what has happened to Connacht is they stalled Yes, and then they started to slide back last week Mm. they slid back against Edinburgh mm-hmm. and they really need on Friday night a, a team performance not individuals wow. playing well at different times you need everybody singing from the same heme sheet, sheet and you need everybody concentrated and making the right decisions and that, that, yeah. that just didn't happen so you've got to hope that they can learn that from last week Yes, but it's a huge ask because Glasgow our top of our conference, or Conference A, they've qualified weeks ago. They don't have a lot to play for, but it's their last uh, normal season or last home game of the season. Home game of the season In before the regular the season. Regular yeah. season. And Dave Rennie, who is Kieran Kane's boss or was his boss up until last season, I'm sure they'll have a little uh, chat beforehand, and they might even have a little. Uh, glass afterwards to discuss the game Mm -hmm. but uh, they'd love to get one over on each other and you must remember that Glasgow came here for the first game of the season and 118-12 in a game that another one of these games that Connacht probably thought if they played a little bit better they would have won so there's actually quite a lot riding on this there is yeah and you've got a full house they've got you know it's sold out they've sold the ground out I know some of the Connacht clan guys are worrying about being able to get into the ground they had they had a training session today or yesterday, um, and two thousand people turned up. So like they've they've got into their community, they've got sorted in their community, and they they really have a full community back. And something that Connacht have had for a for a while, and and um, hopefully the players will realise that and, and get together and play as we want Connacht teams to play, which is going down fighting and fighting really hard as a team, not just as individuals as a team. And of course, we'd just like to thank sportsnewsireland.com for their continued support and helping us get our, our message out there. Um, so yes, get all your news and sports news from sportsnewsireland.com. We can talk about who might not be around this week because we've got a, a couple of new injuries from the weekend. OK, I'll go through the squad update here quickly. JP Cooney is recovering from hamstring surgery and will be out of action until May. So we mightn't be playing any rugby in May. I don't think we will. And as was slightly... Obscure last week, although he did say he was leaving himself. That has now been confirmed, so he will be leaving at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, Pat O'Toole is continuing his rehabilitation from a hamstring injury. Andrew Brown is continuing rehabilitation, but he has been doing some contact training work this week. So uh, that suggests maybe he's close. I don't know. And okay. obviously the med- medical staff monitoring that. Sean O'Brien got a nasty injury against the Ospreys, went off. Things started to go a bit worse for Connacht when he was playing quite well um, and he failed a HIA also got a very nasty cut on his head or it certainly looked on television it looked horrendous, it looked horrendous yeah. 
Uh, Jake Heenan is out of action until the end of April. I don't know whether that brings him in for the Leinster match or not. Tiernan O'Halloran sustained a foot injury in the game against the Ospreys and is being monitored. He might be available for selection. Rory Scholes' ankle injury is out till April, early May. And Cian Kelleher is out, obviously, with his surgery until uh, May. So, again, as I say, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that have been on that list for quite a long period of time. There's two have come in. Yeah. And it has been a major improvement. And it certainly has. Like, to only have two guys coming in this week and both of them one of them looks though he might be available and, and you know Sean O'Brien's in HA and so there is a possibility of him being available and they both look as though they will be available for Leinster so as you say the strength and conditioning has been a real bonus and the, and the medical staff and everything in there has been a real, real boost for, for Connacht this season um, so yeah that's that's good news yeah I think it's I think they are trying to take it one game at a time but I don't think there's any doubt that the Leinster game has a real significance it's It'll be John Muldoon's final yes. game for Connacht. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the final game of the season at the sports ground. It's the final interprovincial. There's a bit of a prize there if they beat Leinster. Uh, they'll have beaten all three provincial rivals at home this season, something they haven't done before. They have won Ever. three. Ever. They have, they have won three games in the past, but uh, they've been... Um, yeah, I think the championship season is the first time they managed to beat all three provinces in the same season. But not all at home, actually. Not one of them was away to Munster in that crucial. You know, they didn't. What I'm saying, sure, they lost Ulster home and away. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah. it's that's something to focus on, and we will be making uh, we'll be doing a, a bit of a feature on that because look, John Muldoon's been the heartbeat of this team for a long time, and people are concerned about how he's going to be replaced mm. uh, as a player and yeah. a leader. But that again is just another is another part of the challenge for next season. It's uh, he, people can't go on forever. He nearly has. Uh, yeah, it's been unfortunate. He's, he's played appears to have played too much rugby this year, really, for a guy who's meant to be leaving the leaving the team to have played twenty one games already and possibly twenty two and maybe even twenty three. That seems an awful lot of rugby for a guy who's retiring. And he certainly didn't let us know that at the start of the season. No, he was pretty. He was pretty. Blunt when I asked him, he said, "I intend to play a lot less rugby this season." But he might have changed his mind. I mean, uh, so we'll we'll be interviewing him. We'll be having a chat with him. We'll be so listen out for that uh, in in future podcasts. Okay, so we'll finish off today's. We're going to keep it relatively short, nice and short. Um, we're live. You're off to to Glasgow. You you didn't want to risk the ferry to Osprey, so you're flying to Glasgow at the weekend for the the game on Friday night. Fifty minutes in a plane. That's a much better idea. Um, yeah, flying over on Friday morning with Rob. We'll be uh, on air from 7 o'clock on the stream and half past 7 on, on FM. Probably sharing commentary on FM with Galway United. So uh, if you want uninterrupted coverage, uh, tune into the stream and hopefully we'll have a, an interesting story to tell. With a bit of luck. Um, it's not a ground we've ever won on, so you never know. We could make a little bit of history. Um, I think we'll leave it there. That's great stuff. Thanks, William. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Alan.